0: This is Laura Dierdo with the Becker's Digital Health Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Alan Shao, Vice President and CMIO of Yale New Haven Health. Dr. Shao, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today.
1: Thank you, Laura, so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about in terms of some of the things happening uh, at the health system, technology disruption, but before we dive into my questions, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background?
1: Sure. Um, so, you know, I, uh, I mean, how far back do you want to go? I, I grew up in uh, in Maryland and uh, kind of uh, in the back of my mind, sort of always knew I wanted to be a doctor Uh ended up gravitating towards pediatrics and emergency medicine. Um, but what was interesting was that um, during my first year in fellowship of, of pediatric emergency medicine fellowship, um, we had a very sick patient uh, who, uh, you know, came in and um, we didn't know what was going on with him. Um, but he's in respiratory distress about need to be intubated. Um, and as we were examining him, we noticed he had a big midline minus incision scar. And uh, his parents said, oh, no, he's fine. He had some sort of surgery. We don't know what it is. Um, but because I had trained uh, at, at our hospital as a resident, uh, had access to then our relatively new electronic medical record system uh, in our outpatient ambulatory area. Uh, and in, in, during the, in the ED, we were still on paper. I just kind of let you know how far back that was. Um, and so I was able to hop on and see exactly what the patient had and really enable us to make much better decisions. And so as a result of that, that kind of uh, planted some seeds in my mind to then get further training uh, where I did informatics fellowship. Uh, and uh, just over the years, uh, spent more and more time, uh, I think, working in information technology and informatics, and, uh, and now it's really actually become my, my, my full-time job and um, I like to help, you know, believe that I'm helping many more patients this way than, than one by one uh, in, in the emergency department. So, um, so my, my background is, you know, so pediatrics, emergency medicine uh, with informatics training as well. Um, and, uh, and, you know, still try to kind of keep a foot firmly upon in both worlds because our young know, living health system is very much an academic health system with the Yale School of Medicine and uh, doing some great work there with all, our, you know, all our faculty, all the great cutting-edge research they do, as well as all the great patient care that our health system and our faculty and Northeast Medical Group uh, do together. And so um, my, my job, I believe, is to try to help you know, equip them uh, with the technology, the tools that they need to provide the best patient care, perform the best research possible. Uh, and I also uh, you know, serve faculty in pediatrics and emergency medicine as a professor.
0: Got it. That makes a lot of sense. You know, and what a fascinating origin story in terms of your interest in the technology side of things and really seeing how the EMR can make a difference in, in patient care from such early on. Um, that's fascinating to hear. So if you fast forward to where you're at right now, what is most exciting to you? What do you really see on the technology side or the clinical care side that's really exciting and is making a big difference in patient care?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, and, you know, I think, you know, I don't know if I was excited as the right thing, but maybe I am excited because I, I like to be a glass half full kind of person, um, and, and, you know, I think you know, what, what, you know, I think I see right now is we have this huge opportunity, which, you know, at the same time is also, you know, a big challenge is, you know, depending on how you look at it, um, with all the, all the aftermath of the pandemic. Uh, and really namely, I think it's just uh, the workforce. Uh, our healthcare literally, you literally, know, they are heroes on the front lines for years, the last several years um, fighting the pandemic are, are just exhausted. People use the term burned out, but then I've been reading some things and I, I think I agree with them. And you know, burnt out is probably not the right word because burnt out almost kind of makes it seem like more like a, a personal individual you know, failure or issue when it's really the the whole system, all of the pressures we put on them is really inflicting wounds on them it's almost like a moral injury moral wound kind of thing on our on our you know our health care workers our our physicians our nurses our medical assistants our techs uh, they're just all exhausted um, and so I think you know that's what sort of says a challenge but I think also you know exciting in the sense that for us there's a huge opportunity now to you know really look for ways we can improve things and and large part of it certainly will be looking at our you know our workflows and what well, we you know, responsibly we put on them uh, by by regulations and rules and policies and things. But I often believe, uh, you know, it's probably a bias in my role, but technology really has a large part to play as well. Um, and you know, we have a CIO who's very forward thinking, and she very much believes, you know, uh, you know, what is that adage uh, from Winston Churchill? You know, never let a good crisis go to waste. Um, you know, or maybe a more positive spin on it is, you know, if we're giving lemons, let's make lemonade. So. For us, we're given this very challenging time where we really should be thinking outside the box and how can we maybe take away some of these tasks from our clinicians, uh, free them up so they can be at the bedside um, and, and, and really you know help them kind of weather this and take things to the next level where it's a win-win for everyone. Uh, because I think we're also tired of COVID and the pandemic um, and, and unfortunately, our school now is dealing with a lot of the aftermath a large part of that, too, was, you know, with all the isolation we need to do and the PPE and things, uh, and then, you know, on top of that, all the extra things, you know, short staff and all the extra things you have people have to do in the, in the electronic medical records, is really taking people away from the bedside, taking, the, you know, the physician, the nurse, the, the medical assistant away from the patient uh, and, and not building, you know, those relationships that are really the most rewarding for both, you know, all parties involved. Um, and, you know, our, the patients who, you know, were very isolated and couldn't even have visitors, you know, in the, in the first year or two of the pandemic. Uh, so I think we have to find that right balance uh, for all those things. But I think technology has a large role to play as well
0: absolutely i think that's a really great point you know and it's so interesting to think about that intersection between the clinical care and technology and then the workforce too trying to figure out ways to make sure that people are in the best position possible to uh, deliver care and, and work to the best of their abilities so when you look at the role of technology here and then your role as, as kind of that clinician who in in physician who is bridging the gap between the technology and the um, patient care side what do you see as being most important for for you to focus on over the next year or two here, especially whether it's technology or whether it's you know uh, connecting with your teams and um, making sure that you know you're leveraging the technology that you do have in the right ways to kind of eliminate some of the stress and pressure that they have? What do you think makes the most sense uh, f- from your perspective?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I, I don't know if I have the you know the, the right or perfect answer, but I think. I think it's going to be a little of everything where we do, you know, do some, you know, some of the tried and true technologies that we just haven't deployed that well, uh, or that broadly, uh, maybe well, but not broadly, you know, we need to think about doing that more. There are things that, you know, I think we learned from the pandemic certainly is, you know, and in, in I think, you know, folks are very, you know, in the in whole innovation group are very good at it is there's also the whole concept of failing fast. Um, you know, let's try different things. It may not work. And if it doesn't, you know, that's okay. Move on. But if it does work, you know, then, then let's, you know, keep doing it and expand it. Um, and, and I think for, you know, I think that's really helpful if, if for two reasons. Um, one, you know, you don't really know how well something's going to work uh, until you try it. And you could spend, you know, two years talking about it. And that's not going to do anybody any good. It's not going to help the frontline clinicians. It's not going to help the patient. Um, and and at the same time, you, need, you want some lessons learned uh, and, and things. And, and then even if it's a, and, and I think the other thing too is, I think our frontline clinic, clinicians, they just want to know that, you know, people care and that help is coming. And so, you know, some even just knowing that people are trying, uh, you know, I believe, you know, and I, I try to put on my clinician hat, you know, as well, you know, that, that they will be, it will be well received, you know, that, you know, you know, the IT team is trying, you know, this tool or that tool, for instance, perhaps, you know, can we automate, you know, medication refill messages that, you know, normally would take up a physician or nurse's time uh, to have to do? Can we, you know, have the system look at different things in the record? uh, And then for things that should automatically be refilled, you know, have the system do that and really save time. And it may not work that, you know, perfectly. There may be Things that slip through, and the physician or nurse still has to take care of it. but I, I believe that they appreciate that you know, hey, things are being tried and and help is coming, uh, and that even if they do save a modest amount of time, even if it's just a few minutes a day, it still counts for a lot. and I, and I think you know that that's uh, you know that's something that you know we we believe and hold on to and and want to try different things, you know think for our for our physicians and Um, You know, some things, you know, some hospital systems have done a lot, done a lot of and rolled out broadly and others haven't. And, you know, maybe there's an opportunity for them, you know, to, to do that, uh, kind of adopt things that they wouldn't have otherwise. I think the challenge of course is, you know, there's all these financial pressures on, on most, almost every hospital health system right now. Um, And part of that too is, you know, very much tied together with the workforce challenge, right? All these, you know, exhausted clinicians many of them are retiring early um, or uh, you know they're finding you know looking for you know jobs that are actually you know a little bit less demanding or have more regular hours and so I think we're losing a lot of our, our, our real, you know real front line you know uh, heroes that you know uh, have been battling for the past you know a few years so how do we give them hope that things are coming to help them to equip them with some things that actually are here today uh, that will save them some time um, and and kind of bring some of that joy you know back to, to practicing medicine and providing clinical care.
0: Absolutely. That's a really great point, Dr. Shao, in terms of, uh, you know, looking at where you can really make a difference, but then also showing uh, the teams that you're trying new things and and really making sure that they are able to, as much as possible, see, like you said, that help is coming, um, that you really are focused on some of the challenges that can make a big difference to them. Now, I was wondering, too, what aspects of healthcare do you see as being really primed for uh, IT or technology disruption?
1: Great question. Um, so, I think there's probably several different ones that kind of float out of my head. You know, I think one of them is just, you know, the whole, you know, speech recognition, ambient type of technology field. Um, you know, so speech recognition is something that, you know, we, we've, uh, you know, have probably 1, 12, 1,300 of our physicians have adopted um, and, and used very regularly. And, you know, um, they love it. You know, it, it really helps them. They, you know, they write better notes. So I've had multiple physicians tell me, that, you know, it's actually, uh, you know, they were used to be were, were so, so sick of, you know, typing and documenting and clicking on things that they were thinking of retiring early. And now they don't have that, you know, desire anymore. Now they want to keep practicing medicine because they can, you know, actually spend time at the patient bedside because they can, you know, complete their notes that much more quickly or even do it in front of the patient. Um, and, and it's a, it's a narrative. Um, or even use some of the basic voice commands to, you know, to navigate the chart. I think that's going to, you know, grow. I think there's, you know, increasing attention recognition by by some of the, you know, uh, electronic health record system companies to to kind of enable more of, you know, commands and things like that. So I think that's going to, you know, be catalyzed by some of these workforce challenges that we have uh, today. Um, And, you know, that's a good example of, you know, we can try things like hey can we automate a command to pull up a chest x-ray without making you do you know 27 clicks um and if we can do that you know it may not save a physician that much time every day but to them they see progress coming uh and that you know the system actually is getting better it we are trying to save them time we're not just trying to put more clicks in which i think you know we often had to do a lot of those things because we were you know trying to meet doing and regulatory compliance types of issues and everything kind of rolls downhill to the physician, well, then just make them, you know, just make them click there, put in a hard stop there. Um, and, and we really try not to do that, you know, I think as, as you know, many hospitals rightly so, but sometimes, you, you know, you're kind of caught between a lock and a hard place and you want to make sure that, you know, we, you know, don't get claims rejected or, you know, we are meeting that CMS regulation or that HCAP you know, type of, um, you know, metric. Um, and so I think you kind of have to figure out how can we now Things to the next level and actually save the clinician, the physician, the nurse, the medical assistant time. Um, and I think ambient, you know, there's, there's a lot of tension now going even one step further. Can, you know, can the technology actually listen uh, to a patient encounter with a physician and filter out the small talk, um, but then actually maybe even, you know, create the note, uh, you know, for the physician so they don't even have to type anything, they just have a conversation with the patient. And I think we have a ways to go. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of work and attention in that area. Um, and a lot of it right now is being kind of built, based and built off of, uh, you know, uh, using Scribes, either in person or virtual, uh, and then taking what they're doing and what they filtered out as they're, you know, working on the note and then training, you know, algorithms and, you know, quote unquote AI, you know, whatever you want to call it, that like training is ambient intelligence. Uh, to actually be able to perform that uh, without having that issue being involved. And, um, and you know, so we and we have, you know, uh, quite a few physicians who um, the speech recognition, you know, wasn't quite uh, enough uh, support. They needed uh, a scribe to actually help them with things like pulling up x-rays and pending orders and things like that as well, you know, writing these great notes. Um, but it's not very sustainable right to have all doctors be able to have you know have, have their own scribe um, and so i think the technology can, can you know, hopefully if the technology in a few years can replace the scribe uh that that'll be that'll be amazing especially if it's priced so that we can make it available to every physician every you know clinician who might want one and, and really save them time um i think about the patient as well you know Ambien's got you know a, a lot of application for them where you know maybe they can you know, turn on and turn off the light, dim the light, turn the TV on. Um, maybe they can't, you know, reach the nursing call button, but they could actually, you know, call out like, you know, uh, an Alexa Echo or Google Home type device in hospital rooms. You know, I think there's places now kind of piloting, testing these things out. I think there's a lot of opportunity there. And wouldn't it be amazing if we go one step further, you know, could the patient command the robot uh, that might, you know, maybe get that blanket for them, uh, or get them their favorite drink from the fridge. Uh, after, of course, the robot checks, you know, the electronic medical record and make sure the patient, you know, is allowed to have fluids right now and uh, isn't on any diet restrictions. Um, but then bring it to them, and then free up, you know, the nurse that otherwise would have been interrupted, uh, or the, you know, medical assistant who, you know, is busy, uh, you know, uh, getting the medications or something. Um, the patient at the same time also gets what they need right away. And to me, to me, there's a lot of these win-wins uh, that are potential with technology. And some don't need development, and some are well underway. And some things are already here, you know, like uh, you know, speech to text, speech recognition. Um, but I think a lot of opportunities uh, in the healthcare in general.
0: Absolutely. I love that. I think you paint a really amazing picture of what healthcare could look like in that hospital visitor stay, you know, having that voice recognition technology to make things a lot easier for both the patients and the clinicians. Now, I think we've talked a lot about some of the exciting technologies and and trends happening in the health space, but what challenges do you see or are you preparing for over the next two years or so?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the, the. It seems like the biggest challenge right now to most of us. From you know, when I talk to some of my colleagues and and you know, we think about what's ahead of us, it's, it's really all one and the same. It's this whole financial, the financial challenges, you know, um, and big a big part of it is the you know because the the workforce, you know, such a, there is such a workforce shortage because of many things we talked about, right? All the all the pressures and people just being exhausted and retiring and things like that, and so that's that's been led to. Uh, you know, a dramatic increase in cost, especially of, of, of critical folks like nurses, um, you know, no hospital that I've, you know, anyone, any colleague I've talked to, no, no one at their hospital, you know, has enough nurses. And, uh, and so there's, you know, a lot of, you know, uh, financial challenges just trying to kind of then hire temporary traveling nurses and things like that. Um, and so it's going to be a while. So I think over the next two years, it's, it really is that challenge. Uh, it's going to be, it's really one of the same in many ways. It's a financial, the, the, the challenge of financial times um, with you know how do we how do we address these workforce challenges? But you know, I think you know, trying, going going back to that you know lemonade analogy, you know if if we can address that while at the same time actually improving care. Improving the whole work for you know uh, work environment for for our nurses, our physicians who are at the front line, improve things for the patients so they actually get better care, better service. Uh, an example of that, uh, you know, you know something that we're you know, we're we're you know going to be trying out uh, uh, shortly this summer um, is introducing uh, uh, an info bot uh, into our patient portal. Uh, that can answer basic questions, uh, you know, about navigating our healthcare system or, uh, you know, lab-related questions, um, or even clinical research, uh, education, and, and, um, and even letting people to um, identify with the help of the, of the Infobot, what a clinical trials they might uh, be interested in that we have available. Because, you know, we have, we have thousands available at, at, at Yale, but um, it's, you know, it's, it's hard for a patient to, you know, kind of figure out what one, you know, they might be interested in that they fit the criteria for. So hopefully this info bot can help them do that easier. Um, and so, you know, we are doing this because we're hoping we can sort of say, cut down on some of the messages uh, that that's been coming over been overwhelming for our uh, physicians and our nurses uh, in their in their electronic, you know, medical record health you know, system in baskets. Um, but really at the same time, um, we hope this will be better for the patient. Because they'll actually get a response right away. Uh, and then they can ask the next question and the next question. And instead of, you know, send a message, maybe, you know, they send a message late at night, their, their, you know, their physician or nurse, you know, must be, be, you know, tied up or busy, maybe doesn't answer until, you know, early for the next morning, but maybe not until the afternoon. And then they might have a follow up question. So now something that might take, you know, two, three, four days, you know, for that conversation to be done, um, maybe the patient's already gotten their answer and moved on. Um, with, with the infobot and um, and for for clinical trials research you know we have a great team uh, you know that will help people navigate through and find the like, right clinical research you know try, uh, opportunity for them um, but it's a small team and you know they, they you know they don't work 24/ 7 but a patient uh, and we found this from um, you know looking at you know the different records and things you know patients are logging in 24 hours a day and actually we're finding that patients are actually spending you know, a lot of time in, very interested engaged in research type, you know, questions and, and activities, uh, even at midnight, 1, 2 a.m. in the morning. Um, and so, you know, uh, I think this is a, this hopefully is an example of where, you know, we can make some lemonade out of, out of lemons.
0: Absolutely, that definitely makes a lot of sense. Dr. Shao. thank you so much for being here today. This has been a really fantastic discussion, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon.
1: Oh, you're so welcome. It's been a pleasure uh, discussing with you and uh, really appreciate all the great work you, uh, you and your colleagues do at that.